you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, everybody, before we get to today's show, just want to remind you that on Friday, the Around the NFL TV show on NFL Network uh, returns Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Set your DVRs. Give us a watch. Support the show. We love you. You love us. Let's just make this happen together around the NFL on NFL Network Friday. Check it out. On to the show. The Around the NFL podcast. Not bad. One star. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey-o. What's we got up? a live Sessler today based on our pre, pre-show pre talk. Wessling, too. we got a couple of live wires. In the, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, is anyone corner. else dealing with a home? It's like 117 degrees in this room that I'm in. And yeah, I mean, it's getting hotter this now. needs to be a quick episode. We need to get in and we need to get out. This you are looking a, a little more. bells and whistles and nonsense today. You're looking a little more Ted Kaczynski-like as the beard grows. <laughs> yeah, I am, you know, and it's it's not going to get any better. There's no improving any of this at this point. And, I, just, I mean, yikes. go ahead, Wes. I cannot contain the adrenaline pumping through my veins for the schedule release. That's why you get a live Wesling today. <laughs> We're, we are 24 hours away. It is it is the new West of us until Joe Burrow gets Cincinnati back into the postseason. Yeah, it's not only are we quarantined and – and families stuck together in small spaces. Now the heat is rising in Southern California, but you head over to Santa Monica, Greg, in paradise. So, Greg, probably another beautiful day for you uh, with the family in quarantine. I mean, it's it's not like the weather is that much different here. Although it's you know seven yes. or eight degrees makes a makes it's a nice different. difference. Yeah. So peaceful though and tranquil. It's really nice. No, we no one's been sleeping. Um, my son Walker has not been sleeping, and neither have I for now three days. But that's not unique necessarily to the quarantine. We've got, we've got our reading in. We've got our we've got our struggles. <laughs> a lot of reading over the last it's, couple of days. It's too deep of a con. It's too long of a conversation. I think where my mind is at. I think this Ooh. quarantine, it like it like you know, 
I think when we're just floating along doing our jobs, it's like, what are, what are you know, what's what's the purpose here? I, maybe I struggle with that a little bit normally. Like, well, what's the purpose of uh, what we're doing here in this life? But in the quarantine, it kind of focuses your purpose. You got to take care of your family. You got to do your stuff. And that gives you a little more, me a little more calm, you know? How about that? You sent us a photo of you sitting in the sunlight on your back porch area with the children playing together. A man at peace. Well, I thought the photo was funny because I was reading and relaxing (laughs) and my son, you know, Walker basically had Ellis in a total headlock smashing her face into like a a concrete ground uh, with me (laughs) me doing like nothing like Mm. two feet away. Do those children (laughs) often grapple with each other um, in that way? That kind of surprised me. Yeah, a little bit. I I wrestle with Walker certainly too. try to get the energy out. He he likes the wrestling. I, I thought about it a little bit, actually, Greg, after the show on Monday. Like this, for example, right now. There he is. There, there he is. is. The, the boy who would be king, Walker. He just came into the shot. And uh, <laughs> I think the, you are just suited very well to the quarantine, Greg. Because if yeah. Jack burst into the garage right now, huh. Luke huh. burst into uh, Mark's little recording enclave, we would face anxiety and be worried about what we're gonna, how we're gonna handle the situation. You, you're almost like the Zen master. Mm. You welcome the child on your lap. Sit, boy. Be a part of this with me. This looks like Phil Jackson with Rodman on his lap. <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> wrestling, Walker. You like? What, what do you think about wrestling lately? <laughs> okay, see, so I love that. That's what I have. I have two of that situation happening. There goes the Zen. My household. There. That was a Velociraptor. <laughs> that would send me into a, sh- a seizure if Jack did that on my lap in the middle of the podcast. So I just think, I think after thinking about it personally, Greg, uh, after the show Monday, that maybe just your, the way you're hardwired is kind of perfect for the quarantine and good for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I mean, you're also, Greg, you're a food, a noted foodie. I mean, you, and you always seem to be. Um, you know, gallivanting around town, going to various eateries. I mean, what is that's been taken away from you? Or, or are you uh, organizing uh, four-star meals uh, on the home front? This is a lot about me. I'm uh, starting to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, well, we did our anniversary on Monday, so we did order right. like some of these restaurants are doing these sort of family meals where you mm-hmm. can you can get a pretty fancy uh, one. We did that on Monday, but no, for the most part, it's it's home cooked meals. But Emika, you know. She's a Institute of uh, Culinary Education trained chef, so those aren't bad. You know, what a life. The pieces are in place to succeed, I think, on the, in Greg's uh, house. <laughs> Can we please change this subject? No longer gallivanting. <laughs> now I'm not feeling now too Now he just well. gallivants through his own house no, during quarantine. No longer feeling. And he's got a trained then. chef on site. All right. <laughs> Coming up on today's show. Uh, Ricky, hey Ricky, what's up? You are the resident twenty-something uh, of the group, you know, for a little while longer, anyway. Yeah. And um, as such, we need to connect with the youth. Now that I've turned forty, it is mm. not a good situation for our show for white guys in our uh, firm middle age. So you need to like help us connect with the youth. You do a great job at the social today's segment, comeback season. We need you to really push that out in the social universe. Spelling season S Z N all caps. Okay, we cool. need that. Yeah, that's huge for getting this show out there to the audience and letting them know that we have not lost touch. Okay, 
I mean, Erica, one question is, is SZN a bit of a tired phrase itself at this point? Are we really on the cutting edge? I mean, it's, it's on its way out. Um, I, I feel it's on its way out, so. but I feel yeah. yeah, I feel like we're we're right on the cusp where we might be able to get away with it. I mean, once we use it, it's over. Right? Well, it's a, yeah, it's we're right. pretty late. It's it's kind of in autumn right now. I feel like as a phrase, it's not as bad as I'm not gonna say who, but I I did see a a, a beat writer much older than us say that uh, a team's position group was on fleek. Week. Like the tight that. end group was on fleek or something. Uh, that was yeah. like, who was oh, it? You wow. have to tell us who it was. Here, yeah, we'll bleep it out. Who was it? I'm not saying. Which I, team? Well, you got to text us. I'll text you. All right. It, all right. It, you can bleep it out. It, it was. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Well, it's spe- it especially does not fit. Um, no, no. It's no, it's not. That's not. All right. So we're going to um, share some players that are coming off disappointing 2019 seasons and uh, I don't I don't know who you guys are going with but I I kind of see this as less injury related and more just a disappointing season one where there were a lot of expectations and maybe the person was a little beat up but I hope nobody has somebody that blew out an ACL in week one uh, this is more people who disappointed and now are on the comeback trail potentially are we all on the same page with this sure I, I am. can go either way all right, whatever. I got a, I got a lot of options. I like comeback season. All right, let's okay. do some news. Let us start with my favorite football team, the New York Jets, who have added a running back to their fleet. Their running back group is on fleek. <laughs> After Frank Gore, the inconvenient truth, was signed to a one-year deal. On Tuesday, obviously huge ramifications, Greg, for you and I on this one. Uh, Gore, the forever veteran, uh, was a big, um, has bounced around forever. Adam Gase, he played under Gase in Miami. Gase was, loved him. And in this time when Le'Veon Bell is coming off a deeply disappointing season and there's been talk that the Jets will like to um, maybe – make it more of closer to a committee situation in the backfield. Frank Gore enters the fray, 37 years old uh, this month. Greg, your thoughts on Frank Gore entering mm. the picture for the New York Jets? Well, I, I immediately thought all your little Frank Gore, you know, how's the locker room going to survive without him jokes? Not so funny now, is it? Hands this. <laughs> Frank well, Gore's, not, he's in my locker room. He's so, coming you know. to save the Jets locker room. I mean, look, I think it's it's – no matter what you think of Frank Gore, it's incredibly impressive. He's been able to keep getting jobs. I mean, it, 37-year-old running backs playing well enough that people will keep giving him jobs. I don't think it's going to change uh, the Jets' season. I think I think he played like a fine backup last year. I know uh, Wes thinks I'm just uh, being a homer there, but I think he's a fine backup. It shows your boy Billy Powell's uh, not coming back. He, he's he, out. He, no. um, this is going to sound like I'm ripping on Le'Veon Bell, but Frank Gore had more playmaking ability than Le'Veon Bell last year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the Jets... It was Jets, a bad year for Bell. Terrible. It was. The Jets have to make sure they come out of this next season, whatever we get of this next season, with Le'Veon Bell not being one of the worst free agent signings uh, of the past five years. Oof. I mean, it's been a total... I am not knocking... The, it's not an anti-Jets thing. It's just he's one well, of the more disappointing... Players in the league. Stick a pin in that Le'Veon Bell conversation for a little bit later. Ooh. Right. He fits into what where he fits into that for sure. I, I want to say this, Greg. Very Greg centric pot so far. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, let's just like let's just go over where we're at right now. 
First, the Jets draft your favorite wide receiver prospect, Denzel Mims. That's true. Mm. Then they go out and sign your favorite player of all time, practically, um, at a time where it seemed like his career had reached an end. I just want to add one more thing. You know, they also need a backup quarterback. Wait a second, Ricky. And now, another edition of Sippin' on Vino, Checkin' on Gino. <laughs> what if, bear with me here, the Jets bring back Gino as their backup to Darnold? At what point do the Jets become your favorite team? I mean, you're in <laughs> time of transition yourself with uh, Tom Brady. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. I mean, I've got many other candidates uh, of fun teams to root for. First of all, I don't even want Gino coming back to the Jets. They don't deserve him. Um, and Gino deserves better than this segment. If this means that the, this segment's coming back, I don't, I don't like this segment. This, it's disrespectful to Gino. I want him on it. He's a guy who only goes to play, goes with playoff teams. <laughs> And I, I do worry that J- Adam Gase is going to ruin some of these players. I like Before Le'Veon you do Bell, that, we so. got we got to close that segment. <laughs> close the segment. And that was another edition of sipping on vino, checking on Gino. Go ahead. I mean that that was basically it. I I think it's the same thing Jets fans worry about too. When when good things seem to happen to them, you just worry is Adam Gase gonna is gonna be, be able to capitalize on this. It's fair. He's the one thing for Jets fans. Um, it's an optimistic offseason that you feel like they might be going in the right direction. But the one thing for me and millions of other gangrene supporters is, is the head coach, the right guy. Um, and not a lot of positive evidence in year one. I don't, <clears throat> for the record, love the Gore signing. I never played professional football or college football or really high school football. So I can't really tell you how important it is to have like a badass veteran in the locker room. Um, but in terms of who they could have had to potentially uh, handcuff with Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I probably would have rather had Carlos Hyde or uh, a younger back. Um, they also, of course, have a, a rookie, uh, Michael Pirine out of Florida. I, w- I don't want him to, to be buried on the bench this year because the Jets are going to move on from Le'Veon Bell next year. So, that's um, that's my feeling on that, but you know he brings a lot to the locker room. We know that <laughs> he he was still playing fine. He's a fine backup. It, it makes me wonder a little bit as you're talking. I mean, if Bell actually did start out well, would he be a guy that if someone gave him a fifth round pick for him, they would just trade him in week six? You know. In other Jets news, they placed wide receiver Quincy Anunwa on the reserve pup list with a neck injury, and. This is a sad story because he was the one kind of uh, draft hit for John Idzik in the late rounds uh, back in 2014, a six-round pick, who really was developing into a nice player. He's kind of a tweener, but in a good way, where he was really big and cornerbacks couldn't handle him, but he was faster than linebackers. He was really developing into a guy, but the neck injury wiped out his 2017 season. He played well in 2018 and got a four-year contract, and then the neck injury again uh, got him in the first game last season. The Jets, by the way, opened last season and then lost um, C.J. Mosley and Qu- Quincy Anunua for the year in that first game uh, against the Bills. Anyway, so Anunua, 27 years old, his career is probably over, and it makes a lot of sense why um, you heard during the ramp-up through the offseason uh, Joe Douglas never committing to Anunua because this was never a good situation with the next situation. It's so unfortunate because I think when you look at the way all receivers play, he has one of the most fearless playing styles, like truly a physical wide receiver. 
Um, and you just wonder, even if he gets to play again, will will he be able to play with that same style in 2021 or 2022 whenever he, if he does come back? I mean, it, it, we talked about Denzel Mims. He A lot of receivers take a year or two to really become what they are. He doesn't really have the luxury of that with mm. what they're dealing with at that position. Yeah, that's true. Although if, Hern, if Chris Herndon's kind of the forgotten guy, feels like he's almost like, the key, weirdly, other than Darnold in that offense. Because for a minute, I thought like Chris Erndon might be an all-pro type of tight end. And if he plays, if he plays like that, then the receiver group looks looks a lot better. Herndon is a guy that people close to the team love. They see him as a guy that could be a big star. He, of course, his entire season was wiped away by injury as well. Uh, Anunua, by the way, landed a four-year, $33.4 million contract extension in 2018. Played one game on that deal. And because Big Mac... Mike McCagnan was not very good at his job. There's really no injury protection for the Jets, so he just carried on the roster for another year and all the cap ramifications that go with it. Uh, in other news, Marshawn Lynch. Remember him? Yes, vaguely. What do you remember about Marshawn Lynch, Mark Cecil? Uh, I remember the, the the story that I'll remember until I die is him retiring in the middle of the Super Bowl and Wes having to put down what he was doing and suddenly bang out some absurd Marshawn Lynch retirement story while missing like the second into third quarter of the biggest sporting event we'd ever been to. <laughs> Wasn't Patriots, it like the Falcons. fourth quarter? Wasn't which it which game, game was it? This was San Francisco. This was it was the, Panthers. Uh, oh my bad. Well, yeah. that was kind of a dud, anyways. Yeah, I think he did me a favor. <laughs> Yep. Well, Lynch <laughs> retired. He came back. He went to the Raiders, played there a couple of years, wasn't re-signed, disappeared again, and then reappeared when Seattle was hit by a ton of injuries late last season and didn't do much to move the needle but fell into the end zone a few times. Well, <clears throat> according to his agent, Doug Hendrickson, he has been in talks uh, to rejoin the Eagles. He's now 34 years old. Seahawks. Uh, Oh, Seahawks, sorry. He is now 34 years old. Chris Carson's got a hip issue. Rashad Penny tore his ACL. Uh, so there is potentially a window here. They did draft a rookie uh, in the fourth round, DJ Dallas. They also have Travis Homer in the building. So Lynch, have we seen the last of him? Maybe not. Hmm. Why? Why bother? I don't know. I mean, yeah, uh, it's a weird one. He, I think he averaged under two yards per carry. You know, counting the the two playoff games, just to, it well, seems if, weird. It's a good guy to have on speed dial, I guess. If if emergency strikes, if Chris Carson's not coming off a fractured hip and Penny's not coming off the ACL, I doubt they even mess around with Marshawn Lynch. It does make fair. you wonder about the Seahawks offense, though. I feel like, of course, just the way they're Pete Carroll's wired and Schottenheimer's wired, they shouldn't be so run dependent, but they're never going to stop running no matter who's back there. We saw that with Lynch. He ran a lot in the in the playoff game, which they won. Well, they'll go 11 and 5, I mean with you know, 11 raggedy ends on that side of the ball. They always find a way. I mean, playoff team, book it. It's so hot in this room. <laughs> there is something go. special about Mark right now. The beard is working. It's just now the hot, beard has gone next level. And the heat, so there's a little bit of a dew, dewy look. That's it's special. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I, I am openly struggling right now. I just, I need, we, you know, we, we are meandering nonstop, and we need to get well, on, might, on point here and, and move forward. This might, you might enjoy this then. In other Seahawks news, Jadavian Clowney says he, quote, loves Seattle and isn't ruling out a return. Actually, you know what? This is for you, Mark. Ricky, do you have a, do you have a match? 
That story was blasted into the sun. Thank oh, you. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I have heard enough of Pete Carroll or Jadamian Clowney's people or whoever saying that these sides could uh, sign a deal and get it done and, and Clowney returns to Seattle. All right. When it happens, we'll talk about it. That's Thank it. You. That's enough. Good leadership. Thank you, Dan. I mean, at what point? With all due respect to the, the whole operation up there in the Pacific Northwest. And they do an excellent job. But, he, you know, there's a, there's a term. It's called, you know, piss or get off the pot. Right? <laughs> That's that fair. Something like That's that. That's fair. I think yeah. this is unanimous. Let's Was, do it. Did I have the quote right there, Wes? No. You, if, if you're on the pot, you're not going number one. I mean, to be fair, I thought we, I thought we deep six this news item, right. and we're, well, we're still going on about it. Well, Wes, that's not necessarily true, depending on gender or some weirdos. Well, there might be some I, the, sitters out there. The saying would be the alternative to pissing. You're right. <laughs> or get off the pot. There you go. And that's what's happening in the news. All right. It's comeback season. That's how the kids say it, too. They hit the Z. So we're going to go around the horn once or twice, depending on how long it takes before Mark passes out and has a heat stroke. Um, I'm not doing too well either, i got to be honest with you. See a little shine on me today? Yeah. It's getting hot in this non-insulated garage. <laughs> Don't worry. It will be June soon in July, and uh, we, will be, we will die in our homes. You guys remember what September is like in uh, Southern California? It's the hottest month of the year. This has to end. <laughs> <laughs> we need I know we don't want to go back to the office for some reasons but this got to end or I got to get an air conditioner on here and it could be expensed <laughs> to Roger well you're out in yeah your garage to be clear not in your house yeah that's that's troubling alright let's get to it <clears throat> it's comeback season Mark you're feisty so before we lose you get us going well, yeah, I don't want to go injury player um, route, as you suggested, but I'll go David Johnson because I think his name overall has been um, soiled uh, because he was attached to one of the worst trades we've seen in years. And, you know, the overall question is, is David Johnson even a shell of uh, who he was back in, in, the, in the middle of last decade? And it's really been years and years since he's been productive. Essentially benched last year for Kenyon Drake, who the Cardinals went and prioritized and um, brought back and, and Johnson quickly became overly priced and tradable um, weirdly when you thought they never would be able to. And he's, he's, a, he's basically a centerpiece in that offense at the moment. I mean, they, they have moved on from certain running backs. I find it interesting that he would be pairing with Duke Johnson to some degree, but um, I have huge suspicions that David Johnson will be a thing at all, that this was a smart move for the Texans to make and he has a lot to prove. So we will see, but I'd like to, I, I, it would be interesting if he um, thrived because I think that would that would surprise many. Hmm. So you're not you're not too confident it's going to be bounce back. Season I'm not confident, but I would I I don't wish ill on the player. I mean, I think he's had a lot of bad luck. He had the broken wrist and never really was the same guy after. Well, that. the idea here is to nominate people who we believe has a have a comeback season, not simply <laughs> well, I think guys he, well, that put had it bad this years way. last year. Well, he, I do think he has a chance because he's not buried on the depth chart. He's not in where he's, he's a better chance than last year when the Cardinals said he doesn't fit it into what we want to do, and he essentially his his role diminished. The Texans traded for him to use him a lot. Uh, was, and so I think the comeback factor is real. He was on my list and not for I understand you could watch the tape. I Wes, I think you've been vocal about this, that he didn't look like the same guy. And if you really 
study his career. He's only had maybe one just outstanding season. His first season, he flashed and, and he looked like he could could be special. But Bill O'Brien, like Mark said, needs this. He needs David Johnson to step up. And I'm not going to get back on the Bill O'Brien defense train, but I will just say this in six seasons there. And there's one 2017. They went four and 12. That's when Deshaun Watson took over like in September and then was doing well, but then blew out his ACL and they went four and 12. But outside of that season, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, 11 and five, 10 and six. And they've been to the playoffs four times. He does have an ability, it seems, to get the most out of his roster. This is not the star-studded roster of the league. And I would not be surprised if David Johnson, as a fe- in a feature role, ends up putting together a good statistical season. Whether or not he's special anymore uh, is something we'll have to see. But I, I think he's going to get every opportunity, which was not the case late in his Arizona tenure. I actually didn't think he was washed up last year. I thought he was playing through a back injury, and that explained everything to me. Hmm. Um, same thing as is Alvin Kamara playing through a high ankle. You just you don't expect running backs to do well playing through those kinds of injuries. There's there's levels to it though, and and Johnson has just been a while. He hasn't been the same guy since his injury, you know, which is now a, a few years. I think Duke Johnson's got to be sitting there saying like, what what do I got to do? I won right. you a playoff game. He, I mean, Duke Johnson was the second most valuable player uh, on that offense in that playoff game. He was the one making plays at the end when they needed to win the game. And I do think in the end he'll be a factor just because I guess I have my doubts that, that David Johnson's going to be back to his own self. I will stick in the running back realm, and I'll, since I already hinted at it, Le'Veon Bell. I think last year was a bit of a perfect storm of poop uh, for Bell. And I agree that he seemed a little bit lethargic and did not have explosion. And I just wonder how much of that had to do with the layoff and if if that is ever going to come back or if it's gone. But I would like to see it in a situation where he, he has more of an opportunity. The Jets famously had a almost historically horrendous offensive line that in in addition to not having any talent was completely decimated by injuries. So it was really um, one of the all time bad situations from a lot of the season or a portion of the season. You had quarterback play that was, you know, amongst some of the worst quarterback play we've seen in years uh, there, which does a running back no favors. So now you have him kind of back in the swing of things with a year under his belt. You have a, I'm not going to say it's going to be the best offensive line in the league. We're going to see how if these guys can play together. But on paper, an upgraded offensive line. Sam Darnold, year three, hopefully playing a full season. And uh, I just would not be surprised, even with people now kind of um, forecasting doom and gloom because Frank Gore signed, and all of a sudden now Frank Gore is going to uh, be the leading rusher or close to it. I don't see that either. I still think we're going to get a lot of Bell who had over 300 touches last year, and I think we'll get a better Bell. I mean, it couldn't be worse. 3.2 yards per carry last year, which for the amount of workload he had was the worst in Jets history. Um, I just would not be stunned if we see a much better version of him, not elite Le'Veon Bell of a Steelers heyday, but a guy that is uh, better than an average running back, and the Jets then at least get some return on their investment. Am I being an optimistic Jets fan? Of course. But I also don't know if it's possible for the guy to go from where he was at that point uh, to where he was last year without other circumstances coming into play, which I think, like I said, a poop storm for Bell. 
I mean, my one concern would be, and you know, we mentioned him too, is I've just never gotten the sense um, that Adam Gase wanted anything to do with this Le'Veon Bell um, price tag or overall. It's not a um, sense. I mean, it's I mean, been he reported. He right. Didn't want him, but he also gave him like 315 touches. So it's not like they well, then didn't use him. I mean, you know, you mentioned the injuries and you're not going to lose Sam Darnold to Mono again and all this other stuff that happened. And they just the, the beginning of their year last year was about as disastrous as you could could dream up. But Le'Veon Bell, um, yeah, Adam Gase just to me feels um, tilted towards Machiavellian behavior. And if he is out on the whole Bell thing, that could be, um, as Greg likes to say, a fly in the ointment, potentially. <laughs> That's a Gregism. I did, yeah, I didn't know that, but I like it. I uh, I was so wrong about Bell. I thought it was a great signing. I didn't think they paid too much. Like I defended it. I I just think he, for a stretch, is one of the best running backs I've I've, I've covered or, or seen. And I thought you could see the instincts were all there. Like he was making some people miss in in tight quarters, like he would do. And you could see that sort of special ability as. But then once he would make a miss, it was like he would just get tackled two yards later. There was no big plays and. That's tricky. I mean, when you have 315 touches and there's no big plays, it, the the offensive line was abysmal. And that's partly why it was 3.2 yards per carry. I don't think he was that bad. I think he was a an average running back. He caught 66 passes. He was fine. And the the O-line was a lot a lot of it. But if you're not making any explosive plays on that many touches, I mean, he had his chances where he could have taken it to the second or third level and he just couldn't do it. Like you would, you could see almost the mind was working, but the body wasn't, wasn't there. I don't know if that comes back or not. I hope it does. Cause I like watching him. When, Season. when 30 year old Bilal Pal comes in and looks more explosive than the starter, that's a problem. Yeah. It was well, and maybe, it was maybe bad. don't go bowling in the middle of the year when you tell everyone you have a, Mark, he had the illness. flu. <laughs> I just, I mean, but the, like, does bell is he, is how plugged in is this guy? We'll find out. That's I, fair. That's a fair question. He had the flu and he didn't want to infect any of his teammates. Understand? So you go to the lanes. I don't get that as a, as a tonic, but he was uh, just clearing his mind. Everything was above board, in my opinion. And he rolled a two fifty. <laughs> Well, that creep can roll. Case closed. That creep Wes, can you're roll. <laughs> well, I was looking for a guy who has a good bet to bounce back, was not injured. Access denied. Go to 101soundboards.com to access the sound. <laughs> if you already came from there, please reload the page. Uh, that guy meant business. Wait, I thought that was a great Dan like surprise drop or something. No, no. it wasn't. That, that was, was severe. What He's just there, like, Rick? nope, Wes is out of the show. That's back season. Oh, that's what we're going for. Access denied. Wow. It is getting hotter and hotter in here. Oof. All right, go ahead, Wes. Well, I was going to say, a guy, effort, who was, a guy who was on a Hall of Fame career track and, and may still be Khalil Mack. Um, only had 8.5 sacks last year. The year before, he was in the... I mean, nobody was in the defensive player of the year conversation except Aaron Donald. But if there, if it was open, Khalil Mack would have been one of the guys discussed. Um, he was one of the best defensive players in the league. And then last year, he like the second half of the season, he just disappeared. And Akeem Hicks was injured. I think Eddie Goldman missed some time, so he didn't have those big bodies up front occupying blockers. Now they bring in Robert Quinn opposite him. Um, and Quinn looked fantastic last year. I, I, I see Khalil Mack bouncing back especially for a guy i think 
Dan heard some whispers at the combine. Maybe the Bears would look into seeing what he's worth around the league. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say too much other than someone high ranking within the team was openly asking if he was somebody that you know should be around. That's somebody that if that's a player who should be in the team's futures in the future. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no reason to think that he. I, I was mean, 14 drinks in during that conversation, but I will tell you that I well, remember it, it and you know, it happened. Right. I know who you were speaking with, and it's one situation where you wouldn't need to triple source it because it was the most um, impeccable source you could one could imagine. <laughs> Let's leave it at that before it becomes as easy as Wes's neighbor. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Mac, Mac is on track to be a Hall of Famer, and I, I do think like defensive linemen are basically non-skill players. Like They're allowed what? to have down years. I'm saying like basic like when skill players have like an 1100 yard year when they're usually getting 1500 yard people like understand that and they're like oh okay so sometimes guys have bad seasons it's like that that happens at every position and yet but I think when it's like linemen it's just like what happened is Khalil Mack just bad forever there's no reason or not bad but at a different level there's no reason to think he's anything but one of the best five pass rushers in the league so you see him West as a guy that easily could be back in the DPOI conversation this year Absolutely. I see him as a guy who, among edge rushers, is there anybody better? Is that Von Chicago's Miller could be chance? another guy who, who needs to come back with a strong year. Is that Chicago's only chance? You know, they right? almost, you, you expect them, if they're going to be in playoff contention, they have to be dominant on defense like they were in that first max season for stretches. Yeah, they seem like a team that, and I don't like this dynamic at all, that there were too many games where it's like, unless – they pull off a pick six in the final 10 minutes. They're not winning the game. I mean, it was like they need, they've, they've needed their defense to produce points. Hmm. All right, Greg. All right. I, I like this one. Um, only two receivers in NFL history have gained more yards in their, before their age 23 than Juju Smith-Schuster. Those two receivers, by the way, were Randy Moss and Josh Gordon. What a... What a combo there. Uh, I feel like people have given up on Juju as like a difference-making receiver a little too Including quick. the Steelers, maybe. Right, including Ooh. the Steelers, maybe. As it, I'm not saying that he's he's Julio Jones exactly, and uh, maybe last year felt like a bit of, bit, a, bit of a La Raville uh, that he had so much trouble with the double coverage that he was getting and missing Antonio Brown. But he also had Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. He also had Duck Hodges as his quarterback. He's a young player who hadn't had a lot lot of adversity. And I think what he showed in his couple of seasons to start his career makes him uh, a great candidate uh, for what Erica was talking about a little early. Come on, Erica, hit it. Let's hear it. Bounce back, season. Did you create that? DJ drama vibe here. (laughs) DJ Dallas. Yeah, that was me. Did you just do that like while we were doing the front half of the show? (laughs) Wait, you guys are doing a show? (laughs) Well, I also think uh, Juju uh, (laughs) is in a good spot. Um, I think that receiver group in Pittsburgh is pretty good. Uh, You add... 
Claypool, who who they think supposedly is going to start, Chase Claypool. We'll see. I mean, everyone's high on rookies this time of year. He's a six four guy that block, they say blocks as well as Heinz Ward, and he can go deep. You have James Washington, who led their team in receiving last year, who might be their fourth receiver now. Deontay Johnson was pretty good as a rookie, and and suddenly it's kind of back to this whole thing where the Steelers have a nice receiver crew that takes a little pressure off Juju. I think he can be a nice little bounce back. I'm with you. One. I think like he there's a metric out there that the percentage of catchable passes that went towards Juju's direction last season um, compared to the year with B- Big Ben in the, in the lineup dropped like 10 percentage points. I mean, so, you know, the, the quarterback uh, situation falling off a cliff had a huge impact on him. And, and I think he's got to be motivated to um, basically turn Antonio Brown into a liar because it was Antonio Brown that went on air um, not too long ago and squawked endlessly about the fact that Juju is not a lead receiver um, and simply, you know, made his hay off of um, Antonio Brown pulling the top cornerback away. Are we just okay? Come back, Colonels, with Mark Sessler. Come back, Colonels, with Mark Sessler. Come back, Colonels. Good, it's the three minute version of this song. Stop. Are we just hitting random buttons now? <laughs> totally off the Effing rails. Out. Effing it out right now. I'm with you guys, by the way. I, I don't want to put um, you know, a, a hex on any of these guys, but this, this, this topic is a tough one for me because my fantasy team was Alvin Kamara first and Juju Smith-Schuster second. But Juju, what are you going to do? Like The quarterback, like we said, was not there. And then for you to then think that he's he's peaked or he's not a true number one because you know, the Duke Devlin or what was his name Dutch Devlin <laughs> Duck Hodges Duck Hodges like Duke Duck Hodges Devlin. and that's a porn and, star and Mason Rudolph like these guys these guys can't play I mean we we learned that so give a fresh start now the one caveat I'll add is we'll find out if Big Ben can still play at yeah eight after a year off. But uh, that could hold back his ceiling as well. If, if he's even just healthy enough to play. I have thought about that. Like, I feel like the Steelers are the biggest boomer bust team. If, if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and plays like he did a couple years ago, it's like they're a Super Bowl contender. But it, would it surprise anyone if he never plays much or plays well again? Like, he feels like that's possible. A 38-year-old coming off elbow surgery, normally we would say, like, that kind of guy is done. Well, you know, we'll have to see. And currently looks like a troll living under a bridge. So, no, that would not surprise me. Did anyone else find, like, when you were doing this exercise, you could point to almost the entire offense for several teams, the Steelers being yes. one of them, James Conner. Yep. But the Eagles, Carson Wentz, um, with healthy receivers, and then Miles Sanders emerging. Uh, and the Browns, to me, are another one where the entire offense could just bounce back. I feel like the Steelers for me, rise above everyone in terms of you have no idea which way they're going as an organization. They could be playing the AFC title game. They can go six and 10 to me. I, it's, it's really, it's really hard. And I think James Conner, like on that subject, I have whiplash because I remember the beginning of the 2018 season when all anybody in the football cognoscenti had to say was that this guy can play. You'll see he's going to be a stud. And then he had a really nice season. And if, Flash forward to this offseason, it's like, oh, he can't play. He can't carry the load. And I know the Steelers internally were disappointed about last year, too. But last year was pretty messed up. That whole offense got sidetracked by the quarterback injury. I, w- I just wonder if he is a guy that could be bouncing back, uh, which you're not hearing a lot of. But I'd also argue Mike Tomlin was. Back season. 
I will let this play instead. <laughs> yes, Mark? Well, I was just going to say, <clears throat> I thought that Mike Tomlin was coach of the year material 10 or 11 weeks into last year. I Totes. mean, other teams would have gone 3-13 and 13 in that situation. I mean, oh, yep. the defense is still arguably maybe top two or three in the league. Well, while we're on the Steelers, Eric Ebron's another guy. Mm. Down year with the Colts last year, signs like with the Steelers. Big Ben's always liked a big red zone weapon. And, and Ebron's proved to be one of the better red zone tight ends in the league over the last couple of years. All right, want to throw out uh, quick ones uh, before we sign off? Yeah. Sure, I'll go um, <clears throat> back to Chicago. And I think the combination of Matt Nagy and Nick Foles, who, who both um, I thought last year very disappointing for both in different ways. Now they're together. I like the fact that Nick Foles <clears throat> knows this coaching staff really well. Offensive coordinator, head coach, quarterback coach has worked with all of them. So, uh, you know, it's not like you have to learn a new system. Um, it's a good fit for Nick Foles. I'm always suspicious of Nick Foles <clears throat> when he is named a starter for the entire season. Can he get through without another, um, you know, it's one injury after the next. And frankly, like, was not a good quarterback when he played for the Jaguars <laughs> last year. Well, so, isn't, didn't you on the last show say that both this combination were people not to trust or believe in? I well, so none of these guys are coming back. Who is someone that Mark? Well, who because is someone no. that you believe in as a comeback candidate, Baker Mayfield. Okay, Mark was like, I can't think of anyone other than the Browns, so I'm going to pick no, people so, that no, I usually. I, uh, let me throw one other name out who I do think uh, who I do think could have a comeback season. Who I've also flamed on this show recently, Mike McCarthy. Okay. Yeah. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy because you frankly, were doubting him can, last week as well. I, well, here's what I, I think: there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on Mike McCarthy. What I was questioning is if the man himself has gone through this um, incredible rev, uh, personal revolution that we were, you know, that has been touted all off season that he's a changed person. I don't. I, I believe people can change. I don't know if all football coaches can to the same degree. And I, but it would be an incredible disappointment. If Mike McCarthy and the combination of what they have on offense don't go to the playoffs, this was an eight and eight team last season, last year. Uh, what's not to like about Mike McCarthy stepping into this role in a NFC East that has two very questionable teams in mm. the Giants and Redskins right in there? So if they're not a wild card team with an extra seventh team added to the NFC, um, it would be a I, I consider a massive um, problem for Mike McCarthy to have to deal with PR-wise. Um, I had Baker Mayfield on my list as well. He just makes a ton of sense. How promising was it as a rookie? And the the Browns obviously poured a lot of resources and um, tender love and care in trying to get things fixed around him. So now he's just got to do it. And uh, I will throw in one more running back, Todd Gurley, who uh, everyone has essentially written off. And as I've noted on this podcast, the Rams offensive line was kind of crap last year. And he still found the end zone a ton uh, last year. And these professional athletes are, are proud dudes. I wonder if a fresh start is exactly what what he needs uh, in Atlanta and a nice setup there with a good offense around him. Is Todd Gurley ever going to be the guy that exploded on the scene uh, with the Rams? Probably not. But can he be? a pro ball guy, a 1300 total yard, 10 touchdown guy this year. Absolutely. And to me, that would be comeback season. Yeah, he was on my list too. And it's not something I feel strongly about because there's still so many questions, but I thought he did run better uh, around Thanksgiving and into December last year. And I don't know, another year removed from a 
nebulous knee injury that we never really figured out what it was. I guess it's arthritic now, but maybe, I don't know, maybe another year away will help. Um, but, but going a little bit deeper, a guy I thought was the best running back on the 49ers entering last season, Matt Breida, now with the Dolphins. And I think is a better player than Jordan Howard. So if he can stay healthy, which for Matt Breida is a huge if because he never stays healthy. I, I, I don't think he's – I think he's over five yards per carry for his career. He, he's a dynamic playmaking running back when he's healthy. Mm. Close it out, Greg. All right. I'm going to run through a we'll do a speed round. Maybe we'll get to these topics later in the offseason. Uh, Matty Ice with Todd Gurley. I, you know, he didn't play that great last year either. I think he can get better. Uh, my boy Phil Rivers. I'm just sensing uh, I'm going to be into the Colts this year. Ooh, I want I oh want yeah. this for. I'm I mean, on board. Yeah, cool. I think I'm with the team of STL <laughs> this year. It's the Colts. Wait, um, is it Broncos or Colts? Oh, I'm higher on the Colts. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. I'm into that. your heart. I, I feel like your heart's with Denver, though. No, I think you guys want my heart to be with Denver. <laughs> Well, I consider that news. I, I thought you were all in on the Broncos. <laughs> I know you guys did. Um, Sean McVay, I think, is getting back in the lab. He's got some young players. Uh, he's got Cooper Cup back. I could see Sean McVay coming back and looking a little Ooh, smarter okay. this year. But I'm going to wrap up and, and be a bit longer on a more surprising pick. How about the Jaguars' defense? Which uh, you, you lose Clay wow. Campbell. But you, you look at their front seven, and you have Josh Allen, who is almost a defensive rookie of the year. You have Unique Ngakwe, who's back. He has no choice. He's playing. He can make more money by week three than he's made in his entire career. He's not holding out. And so they, they knew that. Um, they're okay in the middle. You get Joe Schobert, who was a pretty good pickup. Miles Jack's coming off a bad year. You draft uh, Kalevion Chase on. Like, that's a, that's a nice-looking uh, little front seven uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think, I mean, they were so bad. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. It didn't make any sense. I'll put a button on this by somebody's got to bring up Cam Newton. And I know he doesn't have a team, but if he, if he, when he signs, I just think there's a chance he could not only, you know, end up starting games, depends, depending where he goes, but surprise a lot of people. He's still just 31 years old. Hopefully the shoulder is right. And uh, I'd like to see it, uh, but he's got to sign with the team. So it's hard to really prognosticate that. Uh, but Cam Newton, obvious comeback player of the year candidate if he ever got the opportunity this year where would you want to see him play if if it was up to dan hantis like your most enjoyable i already, Cam I already know team. it i already know it denver, denver broncos. broncos yeah i'm on board with that and now How the broncos this? fans again in my mentions are going to be attacking me but you look he's the next savior calm down cam newton would make you a better team Something to be said I think for he'd, that. He'd, he'd make the Bears better instantly. I know they're tied up in all this money with Foles, who I've just uh, touted as a comeback <laughs> figure. But, I mean, I, it always mystified me that they didn't just go after Cam Newton to begin with. He'd look, he'd look perfect in a Bears uniform. I mean, he'd fit everything. He'd fit perfectly. But they there. got an awesome comeback situation. Right. Your, your endorsement of Nick Foles lasted 48 seconds. Well, I'm just I, – yeah, I'm saying those guys need a comeback. <laughs> And the most important person in your organization is your quarterback. And the second most important person in your organization is your backup quarterback. Well, go get one. All right. That's it for today's show. Now, very important that everyone knows this. If you missed the end of uh, last week's show, we have an NFL Network program coming up on Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's the Around the NFL show. It is going to be completely fresh content. Uh, nothing that we're really talking about here 
will be subjects on that program. So it's essentially a brand new episode of the podcast, only it's on TV and you can see uh, our beautiful uh, quarantine beards uh, and uh, everyone will be excited. In fact, I see this as a, a show of faith from the company. Okay, go. This will air five different times on Friday alone. Wow. So if you miss the initial airing, just know that you will have many opportunities on Friday and even into Saturday to watch the premiere episode. We hope there's a long run for this one. Uh, we don't know yet, but we definitely have a show coming up on Friday. And we will, Wes, be touching on the schedule release tomorrow. So get excited for that. Oh, yeah. Edge of your seat for that one. And I personally am thankful. If it's going to be on five times, I'm not even going to bother figuring out when it's on in British summertime or Greenwich Mean Time or, or whatever. You know, you'll right. find you it. Yeah, you have you have if you're out there, no excuse not to uh, track it down at some point. Do our overseas listeners even have the option to watch the program if it's on? Well, they, I guess there if they are have Game Pass, right? International has NFL Network. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Stop. So they're all you're, set. You're running the show. Well, and by the way, no. when you talk about our mentions, don't tweet at us if you don't have NFL Network. That's not something I'm concerned with. Figure it out. <laughs> don't, don't I'm, I'm don't not figuring that out for you. I'm, I've got enough on my plate right well, now as it is. We have a lot on our plate. Greg, his plate is full, and he and he likes it that way. At He's Greg, he'll help you out with this, with the network issues. <laughs> the man is completely at peace right now. So that is the guy to go to with any questions about how to catch the Around the NFL show on NFL Network. Nothing, Greg? I mean, I've been distracted here by a, yeah. a child disturbing this piece. Our, our change in, uh, in showtime has, has taken me out of my piece. All right. This is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, Walker, Ricky Hollywood. Thank you for watching or listening. And watch us on Friday. Till then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.